Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, Audible is giving away a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. All you have to do is go to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Grab your 30-day free membership by going to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. What is up, Hacker Nation? This is Scott Hansen, high-performance coach, speaker, and, of course, podcast creator and host right here on Success Hackers. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen, subscribe, and then share this show with everybody across social media. It's because of you guys, because of the loyal Hacker Nation listeners, we are now downloaded and listened to in over 65 countries and growing. And if you're brand new, Success Hackers welcomes you. Success Hackers is all about empowering you to play bigger in your entrepreneurial journey. How do we do that? Well, we get inside the minds of some of the most talented, successful entrepreneurs and then have them share their success strategies and hacks with us. If for whatever crazy reason you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do that now by going to successhackers.net and then click the subscribe button. If you haven't yet listened to the last show, make sure to check it out because Grant Baldwin talked about the power of speaking on stage. I mean, this is what he does for a living. He actually shared with us three steps on how you can start becoming a speaker and making money from stage immediately. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. Today's guest is going to share with us some incredible success strategies and hacks about not only growing, but also scaling your business. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Tim Fargo. Tim, are you ready to rock? Scott, Hacker Nation, let's do it. Yes. Bankrupt in 1991, Tim Fargo started a business in 1996 and sold it seven years later for $20 million. Tim is a two-time Inc. 500 winner, the author of Alphabet Success. He's also the founder of Tweet Jutebox a Twitter account management tool that has already signed up well over 25,000 users. He is a citizen of three countries and a resident of four continents. Tim, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you on the show. Uh, Scott, it's great to be here. Thanks again for having me on. Absolutely. Tim, I gave Hacker Nation just a brief description of who you are, but would love for you to share a little bit more about you and your biz. Oh, wow. Well, um, I'm the father of triplets. Um, that's probably my greatest challenge, and it's ongoing. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm obviously, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, a great lover of travel. And, um, and actually, Tweet Jukebox, my most recent business, um, is a great example of a business that um, I kind of went ahead with because it sort of ticked all the boxes on what I wanted out of a company. I, I was much more probably deliberate in when I set out 
to launch that business. Then I, even though the Omega, which is the company that sold for 20 million, was a great success, um, this business fits much more with the kind of lifestyle I want to live. So, um, anyhow, that's that's a little bit about me. Mm. Talk about being a lifestyle entrepreneur. My God, you are a resident of four continents. Which continents and what's the best part about living on these four continents? Well, I live in North America, which is where I'm at the moment, um, in Florida. And But, I mean, I, this is where I'm from. And I also, I spend part of the year, uh, my wife's Polish, so we spend part of the year in Poland where we have an apartment. Um, we also have a place in Africa, in South Africa, in Cape Town. And then the other part of the year is in Asia. Um, I have a small pepper farm in Cambodia. So tell me about being an Inc. 500 winner. What is that all about? And you've done it twice. Well, that was with Omega. Because when you get to the 20 million number, it sounds like, oh, my gosh, you know, that must have been huge. And he started out with whatever. Well, I can tell you, I started out in an extra bedroom with a computer from Sears uh, and a folding table. And, and my financing was a, was a Visa card. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that was the beginning. And so the growth, um, came like very quickly. I mean, I think, you know, we did like a couple hundred thousand, I think in our first year, but then we like blew that up to like 400, 500,000 the next year. So we were growing super fast and, um, and that's what of course put us on the list. Um, how we did that was, um, it was really pretty insane, <laughs> Um, you know, just because uh, that business, unlike the business I have now, which is much more scalable, um, to scale a service business, it's a lot of hiring. So there were a lot of moving parts. Um, but I mean, the benefit was we were chasing a growing sales line, which made like you almost had to get it done because work was coming in and you were needing to find more people to get the work done. So, I mean, we were, we were just really fortunate that our marketing efforts kept paying off and then, um, the rest of the organization kept having to build the infrastructure to support the sales. And you started out with a folding chair and a Sears computer and you grew it to $20 million in less than seven years. When you look back on that, what's maybe one or two things that you can attribute to that explosive growth besides you know, hiring a lot of people and specifically a great team, obviously you as being the leader, what was maybe one or two things looking back to say, okay, if I can pinpoint the reason why we grew so fast is because I as the leader was able to do this or do that. And and I think this is actually a huge hack um, and it probably doesn't get talked about enough um, is to is to go into a business that already exists, you know, instead of trying to come up with the next gargantuan idea, um, find, find this the investigative business, which is what we did, we were in the insurance investigation business. And um, when you're trying to start something brand new, like, you know, I have this idea to do whatever, um, you know, then, you know, there's a lot of testing involved to see, like, will the, the idea resonate? But if you go into an, an existing market, and by the way, you know, Richard Branson, one of the most revered entrepreneurs, I mean, that's his whole shtick. Um, yeah. You know, and I, and I think people really underestimate, like, if you can find a market where there's, like, plenty of action, but it's really underserved, like, the people in it are kind of buffoons. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, I mean, you encounter it every time, like, if you're, if you're in a business and you're angry because something's going wrong, you probably are experiencing an opportunity. You know, so, I mean, looking around, I mean, if you're kind of agnostic as to the business, but you just want to do something that you think would kind of be energized and you could succeed at, 
I mean, I think there are a lot of opportunities, and that was definitely that was definitely one of the reasons we were able to grow because we already knew there was a demand. Now we just came into it, and we were relentless marketers, absolutely relentless. I mean, I just didn't want you to ever be making an investigative assignment that you didn't at least think of me. Yeah, Hacker Nation, <laughs> man, right off the bat, Tim dropped a huge nugget on us, which is this. Go after a business or an industry that already has a high demand and then just kick the ass of everybody else that's already in there. In his case, he went after it. He outmarketed everybody, but the but the industry was already there. There was already, as he puts it, some action that's already going on in that specific industry. He just went in and dominated. Absolutely. We talk a lot of the show, Tim, about having a passion in what you do is incredibly important. Why is passion in your mind so important? Well, I mean, look, you know, for those who are uninitiated, um, you know, there's all the great stuff, you know, and I mean, part of like, you know, my bio is all the great stuff, right? You know, there's not the um, client threw them off the vendor list, got a phone call from some, you know, another client that said your marketing is obnoxious. It's not all roses. You know, right. there's plenty of there's plenty of headwinds and there's plenty of adversity that you're going to encounter um, unless you're extraordinarily lucky, um, I'd say, but don't count on that. So, I mean, th- and to me, that's kind of where the passion comes into play is that we got a call from a client that was, I think, 40% of our revenue, and they wanted to talk about price. And, I mean, our margins were not, like, gargantuan or anything. So, um, you know, I go to their office, and, you know, I'm holding the line. I'm just... I'm just saying, look, you know, we put a lot into what we do for you. And it was everything I was saying, it wasn't, you know, it was absolutely 100% true. And and I was kind of just like walked them through what my margins were. Um, Now, my point in telling that story is I can tell you when you're sitting in front of somebody who's a multi-million dollar client, and if they pull the plug on you, all of a sudden you're going to have way more people in your company than you need. There was a lot of. What happened? What did you do on that situation? Um, I perspired a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I, try, although I seemed, I, I'm sure in the meeting, I'm very sure I seemed quite confident because I actually walked out, um, kind of victorious, so to speak. I mean, we managed to keep the price where it was. You know, those, those kind of meetings, I mean, are the sort of things that if you're not, if you don't have the zest for it, if you don't have the passion for it, it's pretty easy to cave in, you know, and, or, or I mean, and, or perhaps do the worst thing, and that is to just go in and just give in to Drop whatever they're asking yeah. for, which w- basically would be like, you know, the only way I'm going to survive this is by, you know, cutting off my arm and slowly bleeding to death. You know, you've got, you know, so you've got to like really have the vision and like of what you need to do and then the passion to follow through on it. And to me, that's at least for me and maybe only for me, but that's it's super important to get through the times when, you know, when, when the currents aren't going your way, um, you're going to need that little turbocharger to get you, you know, through that. Yeah. I love what Jim Rohn says. He says the winds of change blow on all of us. And it just depends on how our sail is set. You know, to your point, are you resilient? Do you know where you're going no matter what happens and things will happen to your point? 
I mean, that was a perfect example. I mean, you, I think you said 40% of your revenue was coming in from this one client. You could have easily just kind of tucked tail, dropped your pants and said, yeah, whatever you want, Mr. Client. But you held firm. You built your own confidence. In turn, you showed them, hey, you know, we're in business together. You're not sort of one up and on us. And it all worked out. So I love that story. In your book, Alphabet Success, you talk about the ABCs. Typically, we think of always be closing. But in your book, you said always be committed and then DEF, which is don't ever forget. Share with us what that means and how it applies in business. Um, Well, don't ever forget. And then the second line of that is to say thank you. When somebody takes the time to give you business, think about how noisy the world is, right? Somebody has decided to engage with you, to help you like support your family and et cetera. And I mean, I think, you know, looking at it that way and then taking the time to make that person really feel acknowledged. And one of the examples I give in the book, we had a client and it was absolutely true. Judy Fuller was um, a client. We were very successful, but in the early days, I mean, we were, <laughs> we were walking around like a panhandler looking for investigative work. And Judy gave us a lot of initial cases when other people really just didn't believe in us yet. And so, you know, it's a couple years down the line. And I thanked her along the way. But one night, you know, we were at a conference. So I, you know, invited her out to dinner. And I said, you know, Judy, there's something I need to tell you. And I let there be a pause. And she looked at me. And I said, look, I thank you. My family thanks you. Because if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't be here right now. Wow. I mean, it, it made me feel good anyhow because I really wanted her to know how much I appreciated everything she'd done for me. Um, and I think when you, when, you re, when you take it to heart, like that people are betting on you and they're putting their faith in you, let them know. I mean, you might think, oh, they know how much I appreciate them. Well, you know, go ahead and take a chance and thank them anyhow. Wow, what a powerful, powerful story. And, you know, it's so interesting that you said in the beginning, it's in in today's society or in today's ever fast-changing world with the Internet and everything is texting and tweeting and all that, which we'll get into Tweet uh, Jukebox here in a minute, but you do forget, right? You do forget that at the end of the day that your clients are the most important thing in your business. Without your clients, you make no money. If you make no money, you're not an entrepreneur. You can't put food on your table. So the little things, like a little you know, Starbucks $5 gift card or even just a thank you handwritten card, even though that sounds old school, it makes such a difference in people's lives that, again, a $3 card, you might think, well, it's only a $3 card. What's the big deal? It's a huge deal. There's something about getting a handwritten thank you versus just an email that goes a long way in business. <laughs> what a great story. Tim, we love our aha moments here on Success Hackers. Can you share an aha moment or a light bulb moment when you knew that Tweet Jukebox wasn't just a concept or an idea, but it was an actual viable business? Take us back to that one specific moment. I mean, the real the real moment for me, we had plenty of user growth when we were a completely free site, and, and, and that was awesome. Um, but there was that always that part of me that thought, well... Yeah, you have a lot of people who've signed up, and that's nice. But what's going to happen when you ask people to pay for it? So my real aha moment, you know, when we said, okay, we're putting up the payment gateway. You know, we did a little bit of a, a you know, we kind of did a launch. We built a little drama beforehand, let people know it was coming, explained what they were going to get, et cetera, et cetera. And then 
you know, November 1st came and we said, okay, we're open for business. And all of a sudden, you know, there's over $10,000 that just came into my account. <laughs> I went, wow, I, I, people actually do like this. Um, and, you know, and that was day one. That was day one. Like people, and I actually, I, I mean, I kind of got an inkling because I had a couple of people that said, hey, I'm going to be out of town. Can I send you the money? I'm going to be out of town on November 1st. Can I send you the money now? Yes, you can. <laughs> and I would, yeah, as a matter of fact, my bank account is open. Oh, uh, I love it. Hey, really quickly, tell Hacker Nation, maybe in 30 seconds, what Tweet Jukebox is. There's a million scheduling programs and things like that. What we do is you can put your content in, your evergreen content. Um, I mean, for instance, like if you were a podcaster, you could put like a whole jukebox of podcasts in. And then what the system does is it tweets that out at whatever frequency you set. The real trick here is that it doesn't stop. It's kind of a set it and forget it. I mean, we don't encourage that, but you could, at least in theory, do that, where it'll, like, if you had it set to set out a tweet of one of your podcasts in your back catalog every three hours, every three hours it's going to keep going out. And when it's gone through all those tweets, it's going to, like an hourglass, it's going to turn over and it's going to start tweeting them out again. So big, big time saver, and I actually... I developed the tool for me um, when I was trying to sell my book um, a couple of years ago, and um, and then people were interested in it. So, I mean, that's actually how it became a product. And what's the price point on it? When if someone's listening and wants to uh, take part, um, it starts it starts at nine ninety nine a month, and um, you know if you but you can use the free version, which allows you you know five tweets a day and and some scheduled tweets and and so on, and store some content in it, and you know so if you want to kick it around a little bit. Um, see how it works for you, um, but then your like your entry level is, is nine ninety nine, and that supports up to three accounts, five thousand tweets, two hundred scheduled tweets. It's pretty robust. Let's shift gears. I want to talk about something we have on the show called the fail forward stage. I believe Tim that all high performers and successful individuals actually look at failure maybe just a little bit differently than most people. They actually use failure as feedback and course correction. Take us back to another time when you failed. And you almost wanted to give up, but rather than turning around and giving up, you actually kept pushing forward. Do you remember that actual time? But more specifically, what did you actually learn from that moment? Well, I mean, you know, the bankruptcy is obviously a big one. You know, that was ego. And I think, it, you know, it's a risk for anyone. Like, I actually had a successful business um, in 1990, and I was spending like a more successful person than what I really was. You know, I was lying to myself. And telling myself, you know, hey, you're gonna, you know, you're one deal away from, you know, you'll pay all these bills. It's no problem. You got it covered. And, you know, confidence is great. And, you know, so, I mean, for me, what happened is, I mean, I just, I dug myself into a hole so deep. I mean, it was just really, you know, there was not going to be a way to get out of it, you know, cause I, me and the business were intertwined. It was an event marketing business. And, um, so I ended up having to kind of deep six business because I was just overwhelmed with bills. I kind of like needed to get a job and lick my wounds. But, you know, so that was the failure and, um, you know, kind of brought forward in very like stark relief when you're standing in a bankruptcy court. Um, and I can tell you it's not <laughs> the, the people that you're there with. It's not a great networking spot. Right. Um, so yeah, you're not meeting the, like the, the creme de la creme. Um, what would you say you actually learned from that moment about yourself or about business? You know, confidence is important, but, you know, prudence has got a place at the table, too. And, you know, that was the lasting lessons 
when I walked away was, I mean, it might sound like the most basic thing, but you know, you, you have the money when it's in the bank, not when you get the order, not when you ship the product, not when you send the invoice, when you collect, when you have the money and your bills are paid, then you have money that you can do something extra with by keeping your sales like, like tucked pretty tight like that. So you're not spending a lot of money. If you hit a lean period, which is entirely possible in any business, you will find it much easier to persevere and stay the course than, you know, if you're, if you're very like loosey goosey and you, you know, kind of freely spending, then all of a sudden when you hit those tight spots, then it's a much bigger adjustment. It's easier to kind of have that discipline from the onset. Tim, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them grow their business. What's two actionable success hacks that you can share with Hacker Nation that they can use right after they get done listening to this, this episode that they can start growing their business? Well, the first thing I'd say is don't be an overanalyzer. Um, you know, I, I see more people like, like they plan themselves into oblivion. The thing to do is, is just keep taking action trying things because, you know, all the jawboning around a conference table in the world won't tell you really anything. I mean, you know, everyone's got an opinion, but the real, the only opinion that matters is the marketplace. And the only way you're going to know their opinion is to try it. You know, I, I think the other is, um, really eyeballing your expenses. And when you're getting ready to spend money on something, asking yourself the question, is this something that's really moving the business forward or is it just a shiny new object? Yeah, especially as entrepreneurs, we're always chasing the shiny, sexier, new, brightest thing. And I love how you put that. Stay grounded, right? Control your expenses, eyeball your expenses, as you put it. And it sounds so basic, but I love how you said that because taking action is so important. You don't want to analyze things to death. And I love how you put it, which was, you know, your chief marketing officer might think it's the greatest thing in the world or your wife or your husband or your dog, as you put it. But your real, real, real audience is your test market. And if they don't like it, you know, the stupidest thing or the smallest thing is running a Facebook ad. If you want to spend 10 or 15 or 20 bucks, you'll know in a hurry, did your ad convert? Don't spend 150 or $250 to see if this thing called the Facebook ad actually worked. I mean, I just did that recently and frankly, it bombed. And I spent about 20 bucks and I knew really quickly that the ad that I thought was so amazing didn't convert. I love your success hack strategies, Tim. I appreciate you sharing that. All right, Tim, we are now going to enter the randomness round. It's like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Tim Fargo, are you ready for the randomness round? Let's do it, Scott. What's the best advice you've ever received? You know, I actually, I, w- I would say when I was, um, I was in high school and, um, I was kind of a, like a, a bit of a punk, like kind of a troublemaker. And a teacher that like liked me took me aside and, and said, you know, you're a bright kid. You could probably do a lot more with your life. So why don't you keep, why don't you stop being such a clown? You know, and I just kind of learned like, Hey, you know, maybe I ought to take things a little more seriously. And that really resonated with me. It really made a difference that that guy said that. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout your day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Um, I'm a big list guy. Um, I know that's, you know, an analog. I'm an, I'm a, I'm a tablet, like scratching things off the list. And honestly, it does make me, (laughs) it makes me, it does make me feel great. When I get, when I can get to the end of the day and I see lots of like, like marks through things that I needed to get done, it makes me super happy. You now own a time machine. I want you to travel back in time, Tim 
to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? I would probably be giving my 25-year-old self advice about, you know, um, like watching spending um, and to be, um, you know, to, to try things a little earlier, like go and be an entrepreneur earlier. And knowing my 25-year-old self, like how I was then, I would disregard everything I was saying. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Too dumb to quit. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Very analytical. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business that you can share with our Hacker Nation? I share this book all the time, and it's, it's a little bit of an unknown book, Jungle Rules, John M. Lake. Love it. If you can recommend one social media tool or service to Hacker Nation, what would that be? I have an idea what your answer is going to be, but I'll go ahead and let you answer that. Well, besides <laughs> the obvious answer of Tweet Jukebox, which is an awesome Twitter tool, um, I actually um, I'm a I'm a very big fan. Um, I use Hootsuite, even though they're kind of a quasi competitor, but I use them actually as a listening tool because they have a very nice mobile platform. Because I am on the go and I am traveling all the time, getting new SIM cards in different countries, it's a way for me to always be responding to people that like comment to me on Twitter and so on. So I really like that. All right, Tim, you are now officially off to randomness round hot seat. All right. <laughs> this has been incredible. Thank you, Tim, for sharing your success strategies and success hacks with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Well, I highly recommend going to tweetjukebox.com and checking the site out. As I mentioned before, it is free, so you can kick the tires and have a drive around. If you have questions about that or anything we've talked about or anything else you might want to know, you can reach me at tim at tweetjukebox.com, or you can reach me on Twitter, which is kind of my um, preferred social media platform, and my handle is at alphabetsuccess. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Tim, along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. Don't forget, when you're on the site, make sure to subscribe. Remember, for all the listeners here on Success Hackers, Audible is giving away a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash successhackers. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Grab your 30-day free membership by going to audibletrial.com forward slash success hackers. If you want to connect with me and the show on Twitter, all you have to do is check it out. Go to at Scott Hansen 1210. I'm always on Twitter. Hit me up and we can connect. Lastly, I love the Hacker Nation community. I love you guys so much that I want to give back to you for being a loyal listener. I want you to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Once you do that, leave the show a review. Once I see that you left the review, screen grab that review and then email it to me. Very, very simple. Email me at info at successhackers.net, info at successhackers.net. Once you actually leave a review for the show, screen grab it and then email it to me. I will actually give you and your business a shout out on the very next episode. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.